This is Wednesday night Bible study with Reverend Mag Perry, September the 30th, with titled of Lazarus. Now here's Brother Mag. Tonight we will continue our study in uh, the book of John. We'll be starting chapter 11, and we'll be uh, reading about Lazarus and uh, the, one of the greatest miracles ever to happen on the uh, earth other than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, but uh, tonight's a lot of important messages for us in these uh, first verses, so I'd like to uh, spend some time on that tonight. But first, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I know uh, uh, we need a lot of prayer. We need a lot of things going on in our lives and our hearts with the COVID sickness and uh, all the other things uh, going on in our country today. And, and many of us personally have uh, family needs and uh, members of a family that need salvation. We have uh, family members that are sick and uh, would like for all of you just to join me tonight as we just pray a few moments, asking God to continue to bless us. Uh, pray with me tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you've given me, dear Father, and each one of us to participate in studying your word, dear Father. Bless your word, Lord. Bless me as I present it, dear Father. Lord, thank you for your many blessings each day, Lord. We know that you are all around us, Lord. We can feel you each day, Lord. We feel your comfort, and we thank you for that. And <coughs> your many, many times you blessed each one of us, Father. <coughs> Thank you again for your many blessings. <coughs> Excuse me just a minute. Father, we have many people in our hearts tonight that would like for you to touch and bless. Lord, we know you're the almighty healer, dear Father. We know that you can touch and bless this night, Lord. We praise your name tonight, Lord. We give it to you tonight, Lord. We bless you with all the things in our lives, Lord. We need more of you in our lives, Lord. We need your guidance and your leadership, Lord. We need you to bless each one of us, Lord. And Lord, bless us tonight, Lord, as we open up our hearts and minds to receive your word, Lord. Bless our nation, Lord. Bless our country, dear Father. Bless all the things that's going on, dear Father. We need you, Lord, to guide and lead us, Lord. Touch all hearts and minds, Lord, and help us to understand your great plan for each one of us, Lord. In our wonderful name we pray, amen and amen. It is good to be back with you tonight uh, after um, missing last week um, and uh, looking forward to getting back in church. I know many of you have spoken about how you miss being in church and miss the fellowship and miss being together and uh, so much looking forward to when we can do that uh, 100% like we used to. So be praying much that we can uh, get back together very soon. Uh, but uh, I plan to continue my Bible study uh, each Wednesday night so you can be a part of that and be a part of learning what God has in store for all of us. Looking in chapter 11, uh, let's read... I think I'm going to read only the first seven verses tonight, and then we'll continue uh, uh, next week with the, the following number of verses. But let's uh, read together uh, chapter 11, verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, 
whose brother Lazarus was sick. Notice in parentheses here, um, this is what John is telling us. He's reminding us of which Mary this is. This is the Mary that uh, actually uh, washed and, uh, and put ointment on, ointment on Jesus' feet. Very close friends of Jesus. And in verse 3, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, him whom he whom thou lovest is sick. And then verse 4, When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. Notice that. But for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. There's a whole lot in that one verse that's telling us that God's got a plan. Jesus had a plan. A lot more than what we may be thinking until we really read what John has to, in store for us in all of chapter 11 about the death of Lazarus. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And in verse 6, when he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. John specifically is writing and letting us know this for a reason. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, not only tonight, but over the next several nights. And then verse 7, When after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. So Lord, bless this reading of your word and bless this message tonight. Lord, uh, be with me and be all with all of us as we study your word tonight. Looking, uh, first of all, as I normally do, it's been a couple weeks. Let's review quickly. Uh, the ending of chapter 10, where uh, John is letting us know that, uh, well, actually in cha chapter 10, John um, uh, let us know about Jesus' teaching, and he was very thorough, very detailed in teaching who he was. We studied that uh, he was the gate, the door, the truth, the light, the way, the good shepherd, the chief pastor, the door to the sheepfold, the door to the sheep, and Jesus is the door. Basically, what it, uh, in different ways, uh, Jesus was saying to us that there is only one door. He is that door. He is the only way. And that's what we studied last time. And even though Jesus continued not only uh, teaching, but uh, you know, up until this point through chapter 10, there had been six wonderful miracles that was recorded in John. Although we read... Uh, I read to you where there's a lot more, but we there are seven, uh, six recorded. We're about to get into the seventh one. But even with all that, the Jewish leaders even said in the ending of the chapter there, verse 24, How long dost thou make us uh, to doubt? If thou be Christ, tell us a plenty. Well, I, I believe he'd been telling them a plenty as we've been studying. And Jesus answered to them, Many good works have I done, have shown you. So, you know, Jesus is continuing to let them know who he is. Um, I want to refresh our memory a little bit about the six miracles that uh, has been recorded through the first ten chapters of John. You know, first of all, in Canaan, I mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago in the lesson that <clears throat> Jesus affirmed the institution of marriage and blessed marriage because he blessed the wedding gift, well, the wedding with a great gift that night. And then also in Cana, Jesus heard, uh, healed with just a spoken word the nobleman's son that was dying. So he healed the dying son. And then as we continue, the third uh, miracle, Jesus performed a uh, miracle <clears throat> that was. Uh, 
by healing the lame man that had all his life for 38 years he couldn't walk and Jesus healed him at the pool of Bethesda. And then the fourth miracle, Jesus fed the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish and then there was plenty left over. And then we continue with the miracles and, and he's doing these miracles in front of everyone. He's blessing everyone. And even the Jewish leaders are seeing this at the time. And then after defeating the 5,000 that same night, that same night, Jesus walked on water to go to his disciples. And then the sixth, at the Feast of uh, uh, Tabernacles, Jesus uh, healed the blind man. And the blind man uh, had a great testimony, as we learned back then. So the religious rulers and leaders are continuing to question Jesus at this point. And, I, and I, we're, we're concluding and we're understanding now that their hearts are just so hard that the, the, the facts aren't with them. And Jack, Jesus has been doing nothing but telling them the facts, the truth, but it doesn't match up with what they believe, what they understand. And because it doesn't, they continue to question. And they're unwilling because their hearts are so hard. The truth is, Jesus' facts not only were supported by who he claimed he was, but it was supported by his credentials as we just talked about. Six wonderful things that he did in blessing and healing. And uh, he has power over sickness. He's shown he's got power over disease, power over demons. He's got power even over death as we're about to learn. His miracles spoke loudly and clearly who he was. Jesus left us with the last three or four verses of... Uh, uh, letting us know that he had safely gone back across, uh, uh, across Jordan where John the Baptist had been given his testimony. And we talked about, I, I mentioned to you a little bit about how important John the Baptist's testimony was at that time and how important ours is today that we continue to, to lay the foundation, to lay the groundwork for Jesus as same thing John the Baptist did because the Word tells us as we continue to read those last few verses that many resorted to Him, meaning they believed quickly and accepted who He was as He spoke the truth and as He spoke to them. You know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the negative as far as Jesus trying to convince these guys, but Jesus was doing many, many wonderful things as we concluded chapter 10. You know, many did listen, many did understand, and many considered Him and accepted Him as their Savior. We are told that many came to Jesus as the chapter ended. But also I left you last time with uh, three very persuasive um, announcements that Jesus gave about Himself. Those announcements are still true today. Those questions are still very prevalent for us today. And I asked you, what is your response to each one of those questions? Questions being the first one, since he, it clearly let us know He's the gate. He is the door. Have you walked through that door is the question. Have you experienced a new birth of Jesus Christ? that will save you and give you eternal life. The second question that he made clear, he is the good shepherd. Have you recognized his voice? Do you recognize his voice? Have you accepted his voice and him leading and guiding you each day? And then the third thing he left us with, he let us know that he truly was the Son of God. And he says, I and my Father 
are one. So I left us with that third question. Do you believe? Has Jesus convinced you in all the things that he's been saying and doing at this point? Have you seen enough evidence? Have you heard enough evidence? The Apostle Paul spent a lot of time trying to help us understand. I mean, I'm sorry, the Apostle John gave us a lot of details, a lot of information about who Jesus was as he was trying to convince the Pharisees. He's also trying to let us know who he was and convince him, uh, convince each one of us. Did you accept? Do you accept? If not, we're getting into chapter 11 and we're going to talk about uh, the greatest miracle that ever was, uh, the greatest gift given to man other than Jesus Christ himself. You know, as he ended chapter 10, I believe John was preparing us to receive this great miracle and understand this great miracle as we get into chapter 11 by letting us know that many were believing, many were accepting, and many were understanding who Jesus really was. So tonight, let's look at, start it with uh, our study of John, uh, of the uh, death of uh, uh, and it's not what is known as the seventh miracle, the death of Lazarus. Um, you know, the waiting of two days, some people may have in their minds, you know, this may be cruel. I start out with the question tonight to us as a human, especially to the unbeliever, to those that uh, uh, do not uh, have not accepted Christ yet. Does it seem cruel that he allowed Lazarus to die? From a physical human side, it probably does seem. From an emotional side, it does seem cruel. But from a spiritual side and from an understanding what Jesus Christ is really trying to let us know and the lessons that he's really trying to teach us, there are several messages that John is teaching us tonight that I want to share with you. The Lord Jesus was not motivated as we are by personal reasons or or by uh, emotional reasons. Jesus Christ is uh, motivated by His true love, a sacred love, a sincere love that He has for each one of us, a love that we should be having for each one of us, that we know our families and each other too. This, this is a love that only Jesus Christ can, can give us. You know, the human feelings and emotions would have urged Him to go directly to Bethany immediately and, uh, and uh, you know, and to try to do something with Lazarus and try to help him. But sometimes uh, Jesus allows things like he allowed Lazarus, the thing happened to Lazarus before, so, as he said in verse 4, to glorify his uh, father, to death to glorify who he was and to lift him up and to build him up. Jesus never moves by emotional and personal reason. Jesus truly moves by the love of Him and the love of His Father. Letting our emotions uh, guide us in making decisions is where we fail many times. If Jesus had done that, He would not have been in His Father's will. When we are led by emotions, when we are led by the how we feel, uh, you know, it, it's the same thing that parents do to spoil their children. If you think about it, we want to give them more, give them more. And you know, I, I, there's humor in this. 
I don't have a problem with giving kids cell phones, but when you really, really think about it from a spiritual standpoint, from a loving standpoint, a true loving standpoint, what need does a 9, 10, and 11, and, and even sometimes older, really year old, son or daughter need a cell phone? You know, and it's the first thing we think we're dismissing them by taking it from them. Do we really, you know, is that true love, giving them something like that? I think the days of hard love, what is known as really hard love or, or, or true love, is not known to us anymore. It's difficult for us to truly love and not always want to give, give, give. And you know, that's what's happening to us in the United States. I believe God has given us and given us and blessed us and touched us and every day He gives us more and more and we don't appreciate it. We don't see it. Sometimes He has to shake us. Sometimes He has to jolt us to let us know. He does not make decisions on personal reasons. He does what is best for us and we should try to do the thing through the loving guidance of Jesus Christ. And then remember, God is the main reason. His Father, He loved His Father. He followed His Father. He did everything that His Father wanted Him to do in His will. And we need to do the same thing. We need to understand we can get peace of mind that God does not always act and think the way we should, when, when or how we should. He, I'm reminded of Mary and Martha. You know, I think about their faith. The Bible tells us their faith. They trusted Jesus. They believed in Jesus. They believed He could do anything. And they just expected Him. There's no doubt in my mind that Mary and Martha, their first when they sent the message to Jesus in these first scriptures, they automatically believed that Jesus was going to heal Lazarus. That he, that he could do it. He was, you know, Jesus was all powerful. He could do it. And they fully expected him to come quickly and be there with them. But neither one of those happened because Jesus loved them so much. He didn't feel that was the best thing for them, nor did he knew that that was going to glorify God. He had healed people before. He had blessed people before. God knew. There was a, Jesus knew there was a plan from His Father. Listen what that plan was. You know, uh, we can read John's writing today and we can understand by reading it the whole impact and how, you know, the plan was laid out. How the, that Jesus positively impacted his, the friends, His friends in a very loving and wonderful way. It made it a wonderful, at the same time, impact on the world. What He did with Lazarus impacted the world. It was very important for us today to understand what John's trying to tell us in his wording in, in chapter 11. Not only his hindsight, but his foresight and, and understanding what Jesus was trying to accomplish. He shows a great love for Lazarus, not just by healing another sick person. He also, again, gets to prove to the world who he really is. We can have comfort today knowing in our prayers that Jesus may not always answer our prayers the way we want them to, but we can always have comfort knowing He will always answer the prayers that is best 
for us and it truly loves us and it supports what His Father wants for us. God knew exactly what He was doing when He allowed Jesus to wait two days before He went and to, uh, to uh, touch and bless Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. John the disciple tells us in his word, this was a great miracle, a wonderful miracle. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. John tells us there was a whole lot of reason. When you really listen to what John was telling us, first of all, what did he tell us? It was in Bethany. John chose Bethany to do his second miracle. And the most important, why? Let's think about why. When you, you, you read all, if you read all of chapter 11, you'll understand why. I'm going to go ahead and Build the foundation for us tonight for chapter 11. It was only two miles from Jerusalem. Less than two miles, in fact. Bethany was so close, <clears throat> Jesus knew the word of this miracle would certainly reach all that was listening in nearby Jerusalem. And then Jesus also knew that it was only week, uh, weeks before his death, crucifixion, and resurrection. And at the time, he knew he needed to bless his friends mightily, graciously, and wonderfully to leave uh, a stronger faith than they even had before. And they needed to be deepened and have be strengthened in their love for Jesus and their, in their, uh, also in their faith. He also knew he was weeks away from leaving his disciples, which his disciples needed to be strengthened and have a greater understanding of who Jesus really was and to build their faith. Think about all the things that's coming together here, what Jesus is planning. And he knew this miracle was so great that this miracle was so great that it was pushed the Sanhedrin over the cliff. What I mean by that? It means that those religious leaders would be pushed into having to do something because they needed to do something with Jesus. He was more than they could handle. He was more. He was more than what they understood. And they decided he knew Jesus knew this would push him over into crucifying him and kill him. This miracle proved that Jesus was more than who they thought he was. And they couldn't handle this. This was the beginning of their thinking of, we got to get rid of him and get rid of him quick. And Jesus knew this. But all oh, they didn't know. Hallelujah, they didn't know. It was all part of a great plan. The wonderful plan of crucifying Jesus Christ. The greatest gift ever given to man. The greatest miracle ever given to man. Hallelujah. Proving that he was the Savior of the world. Proving and providing the greatest miracle and the greatest sacrifice ever, ever given to this world. Providing all people, hallelujah, providing all people a path and a door and a way to heaven. Hallelujah. There was a great plan in place and we get the benefit from what John the disciple is telling us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all understand. We all understand that Lazarus um, died. And through that, uh, Martha and Mary were suffering. And no doubt even Lazarus 
in his last moments was suffering and what he was going through. We've all been through that. We've all had things in our lives. We've all had family members to die, moms and dads and brothers and sisters. We understand that hurt, that pain. Jesus knew that they were suffering. Jesus knew. You know, I go on over to verse 35 and it says, Jesus wept. You know, we take that a lot of times as Jesus wept because his friend died. Yes, I believe that's part of it, but also remember something we'll talk about more when we get there. But Jesus wept because he had to die. Hallelujah. And the reason he had to die is because of sin. Hallelujah, because of sin. And we'll talk about that more. And I tell you, it's on my heart the reason why he suffered Hallelujah was because of sin and the reason he died. Hallelujah. Jesus loved that family. They were loved. Um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Jesus. Jesus loved them so much, he was willing to sacrifice some things and to do some things to help us understand. You know, I like to share some great benefits, some great benefit, benefits. And some of you if, you, if if there's anyone listening, this is hard to understand if you're not a Christian. Hallelujah. And sometimes even as a Christian, we have to ask Jesus to help us understand why we go through, why we suffer, why we go through some of the things we do. But there are benefits. There are gifts in, in going through suffering. Hallelujah. And this is something that I believe Jesus was teaching Lazarus, Mary, Martha, and all of the world today. First of all, this week, I'm going to talk about four types of suffering and the blessings there within. Next week, as we move through chapter 11, I'm going to talk about four additional types of suffering. And you know, there's a reason for suffering. There's a reason for our trials. There's a reason, just like Lazarus passing away. First of all, hallelujah, hallelujah. Suffering helps us to see what we're like inside. Our true heart, our true inner heart, our true test of faith. It can reveal trials the things we go through reveals to us who we really are. Let me ask some questions in this to help you understand what I'm trying to say. Do we get upset or start blaming God or start blaming others when we start having things go wrong or bad in our life? Do we give up? Do we stop praying? Do we stop believing when we have these trials? and we go through these things in our heart? Or do we put our trust 100% in Him? Do we put our faith in Him? Do we start praising Him? Do we start meditating, reading His Word, praying and asking Him to guide us? Do we get a peace knowing God is in control? He is in control. Do we get a peace? It is a true test of faith in how we respond to our trials. Suffering 
helps us to understand that. Suffering, suffering helps us to discover God's true love. When our prayer is answered, and even though it may be answered not into what we expected, how do we respond? Do we realize and understand or even recognize that we do have an answer, that God did give us an answer? Let me say that again. Do we realize, recognize, and understand that God has given us an answer when He does give us an answer? And do we give Him the credit? Do we celebrate whatever the answer He gives us? Whatever He blesses us with, does He, uh, do we bless Him with blessing others? Do you bless Him, thank Him, praise Him? Do you testify to others about what God has done in truly blessing you and loving you? Do you tell somebody and build them up, encourage them when they need a lift up? Suffering helps us to understand and understand who God really is in His love for us. Third thing, suffering gives us an opportunity to think about the sovereignty or the supreme authority of God. When things are good, we seem to forget, as I mentioned earlier. We get new cars, we get new houses, we get new clothes, we get new, we get God to just keep blessing us, blessing us, blessing us. When things are good, we don't seem to be thinking about God and thanking Him. As I said many times, folks, being able just to get up every morning is a thanking prayer to God. We need to be thanking God for everything in our life. It seems that only time we go to prayer or the only time we start blessing or asking God is when we need something. Suffering motivates us into thinking. God knows that sometimes we need to kind of get a tap on the shoulder to understand what about His goodness and how much He's already blessed all around us and blessed us every single day. The first thing we should do every day in good times and in bad times is any time in our life we should be blessing Him and thanking Him and recognizing who we're really getting all the gifts from. We need to remember He's the supreme authority that at any time can take it all away. Did y'all know that? At any time, it all can be taken away. And I thank God many times for our health. We seem to forget that sometimes. We need to thank Him for our health. We need to thank Him every day, even though some of us are diabetic, some of us got heart problems, some of us have got things going on in our life. They are a test of faith, folks. Let's continue to trust and test Him. The fourth thing, Jesus is the ultimate solution to suffering. Hallelujah. Jesus is the ultimate solution to suffering. Many of us have experienced the power of God. When no one else can help us, I've been there. I think many of you have been there. When we don't think, nobody, when in fact we have heard 
I have personally hurt and went through a year or two of having serious pains in my chest many, many years ago. When the doctors, you've heard them say, I don't have an answer. Jesus does. And right here in this pulpit, or right here in this altar, Jesus has the answer. He has the solution. We just need to put our faith and our trust in Him. And sometimes we need to realize that. Sometimes we need to be jolted and understand that. God has a solution for all of our needs. And He gives us all peace if we will only allow Him. The next uh, week, I'll be talking about four other types of suffering. The fifth one being, suffering teaches us the wisdom of obedience. The wisdom... I want you to think about this as you read chapter 11. Read the rest of 11. Suffering teaches us wisdom of obedience. Six, suffering shows the high price that sin demands. And then seven, suffering liberates us. It makes us free. And then eight, suffering brings stronger faith and trust in Jesus Christ. People, God has a plan for all of us just like He did for Lazarus, for Mary, and Martha. Thank you for being a part of this Bible study tonight. God bless you. Pray for me. Touch me as I continue to study, and I pray that God will continue to bless and open your eyes also. Call someone this week. Bless someone this week with the Word of God. God bless you. Good night. Thanks for tuning in to our live stream here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church. If you want more information about our church, go to our website, pinelevelphc.org. That's pinelevelphc.org. You can check out pictures, events coming up. Also, watch other services that you may have missed. Also, you can download our free app through the Google Play or the iOS App Store. You can watch our services live or on demand. And you can get push notifications about upcoming events here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Holiness Church, as well as check out other information that's going on. Here. Also, Facebook users search Facebook for uh, Pine Level PHC and you can like our page on Facebook, get notifications when we go live, check out pictures and other things that we post through Facebook. If you're a YouTube fan, go to YouTube, search Pine Level PH Church and subscribe to our channel and get notifications when we go live. You can watch our services live or on demand through YouTube. We also have a podcast available for the people who can't watch. You can listen while you drive or work. Go to your favorite podcast provider or you can go to our website website or the app for the quick link to the podcast. For everyone here at the Pine Level Pentecostal Witness Church, I'm Joey Perry. Tune in again Sunday morning at 1030 or Sunday night at 6 p.m. and Wednesday at 7. God bless.